1844 a chemical compound dna was found to be capable of changing one strain of bacteria into another further discoveries about dna have since led to incalculable scientific advances one of which is the partial breaking of the genetic code hi there this is bhavna and what you have just heard is the beginning of a book titled the genetic code by isaac asimov the first print of this book came in 1963 and now we will be heading towards the introduction of this book the breakthrough all of us whether or not we realize it are living through the early stages of one of the most important scientific breakthroughs in history from the birth of modern chemistry shortly before 1800 until just a few years ago biologists have puzzled over the nature of life seeming to make more progress only at the far borders of the subject some were ready in discouragement to mark down the question of life and its mechanisms as insoluble as something the human mind could never penetrate and understand and then came the remarkable decade of the 1940s with the world convulsed by war a kind of creative frenzy seized the scientists of the world this connection between war and human creativity has been noted before but it has rarely been advanced as a good excuse for war biochemists had already learned how to use radioactive atoms in their researches on living organisms they incorporated these atoms into compounds which they were then able to follow through the body but then in the 1940s such atoms became freely available thanks to the nuclear reactor and through their use of biochemists have skillfully unraveled some of the most complicated strands of body chemistry biochemists also learned in that decade to separate complex mixtures by using just a sheet of absorbent paper some common solvents and a closed box on the other hand they also bent fearfully complex instruments to their purpose electron microscopes that enlarged objects hundreds of times more than ordinary microscopes could mass spectrographs that sorted out atoms one by one and so on in that same decade they took the first steps toward the actual delineation of the fine structure of the giant molecules that make up living tissue but the breakthrough came in 1944 when a scientist named ot avery with two of his colleagues studied a substance that was capable of changing one strain of bacteria into another this was deoxyribonucleic acid commonly known as dna to the layman this discovery may not sound important nevertheless it completely reversed several concepts that biologists and chemists had been taking for granted for a century it launched in a new direction the investigation into nature of life and brought about new research methods the branch of science now called molecular biology came into its own in a matter of less than 20 years since problems that once seemed insoluble have been solved views that once seemed fantasy have been shown to be fact scientists have been competing in a race for achievement and most of them have emerged winners
the consequences are almost beyond calculation for the cold clear vision of modern science has been able to reach a deeper level of understanding of man than at any time in its three and a half centuries science as we now know it began around 1600 when the great italian investigator galileo popularized the procedure of applying quantitative methods to observation of making accurate measurements and of abstracting generalizations that could be expressed as simple mathematical relationships galileo's victories were in mechanics in the study of motion and forces this field of inquiry was greatly advanced by an english scientist isaac newton towards the end of the 17th century the motions of the heavenly bodies were interpreted according to the laws of mechanics complex phenomena were deduced from basic and simple assumptions and astronomy as well as physics began to take on a modern shape physics continued to advance and flower along the lines of galileo's original breakthrough in the 19th century electricity and magnetism were tamed and theories satisfactorily accounting for electromagnetic phenomena were established with the opening of the 20th century the discovery of radioactivity and the development of quantum theory and the theory of relativity brought physics to new heights of complexity and subtlety meanwhile at the end of the 18th century the french chemist lavoisier applied the methods of quantitative measurement to the realm of chemistry and that field of knowledge became a true science the 19th century saw the development of new and fruitful theories involving atoms and ions great generalizations were made the laws of electrolysis were laid down and the periodic table was established chemists learned to synthesize substances not found in nature and these synthetics were sometimes more useful in specific ways than anything natural toward the end of the 19th century the division between chemistry and physics began to disappear new branches of knowledge such as physical chemistry and chemical thermodynamics flourished in the 20th century the quantum theory made it possible to determine the manner in which atoms joined to form molecules nowadays any division between chemistry and physics is purely artificial the two together make up a single science and while these great victories of the human mind over the inanimate universe were being won while the physical sciences were growing into giants what of the life sciences they did not stand still of course great advances were made the 19th century for instance saw no less than three major breakthroughs in 1830s the german biologists schleiden and schwann advanced the cell theory in their view all living things consisted of tiny cells visible only under the microscope these were the actual units of life in the 1850s the english naturalist darwin worked out a theory of evolution which bound all life past and present into a whole that theory lies at the basis of modern biology finally in the 1860s the french chemist pasteur propounded the germ theory of disease it was only then that physicians really began to know what they were doing and medicine became more than a hit or miss and trust in god affair it is from then 
that we date the drastic decline in death rates and the spectacular lengthening of life expectancy. These breakthroughs in the life sciences, however exciting they may be, are not of the same nature as those in physics and chemistry. They are descriptive, qualitative and they do not involve the application of precise measurements. They are not generalizations of the type that make for confident prediction or for knowledgeable manipulation of some facet of the universe. This disparity in progress in the various fields of science has been the despair of many serious students of human affairs, as man's understanding of the universe about him has deepened and strengthened. The power in his hands has increased constantly. From gunpowder, he has gone on high explosives and nuclear bombs. He has discovered new poisons, both chemical and biological. He even has a new death ray in the form of an instrument called a laser, which however also promises great things in the fields of communication, industrial technology, even medicine, if we can, but learn to concentrate on its peacetime uses. Man has always been capable of using his knowledge to bring about pain and misery. He has had this power ever since he learned to use fire and picked up his first club. With the decade of the 1940s, however, he became for the first time capable of using his knowledge in such a way as to destroy the human race and perhaps all of life. Science has been able to place this great knowledge at the disposal of human beings but the human beings himself remains beyond the understanding of science. Now what of the social sciences? Great minds have carefully studied the psychological drives, both normal and pathological. Others have studied the societies and cultures built by man. However, neither psychology nor sociology has yet done more than touch the very fringes of the subject or advance far beyond the stage of mere description. None of the social sciences is what a chemist, physicist or physiologist steeped in quantitative measurements would call science. With the best will and effort in the world, the social scientists have still not discovered what makes Sammy run. So we come face to face with this fact. Man knows enough now to kill a billion men in a single day by an act of his will but he is not yet capable of understanding what lies behind that act of will. Know thyself, warned Socrates, 2500 years ago, and now mankind should better learn to know itself, or we are all doomed. To be sure, the physical sciences have encroached upon the territory of biology, lopping off a border area here, penetrating a short way inward there. Physicists have studied muscle contraction and the electrical potentials of the brain. Chemists have tried to work out the chemical reactions going on within living tissue. Most of the realm of biology, however, remained far out of reach and the physical scientists were forced to chip away at the periphery only until the great decade of the 1940s. Then in 1944, um, almost at a stroke, the central problem of life, of growth, reproduction, heredity, 
the differentiation of the original XL, perhaps of the very workings of the mind, was exposed to the scalpel of the physical sciences. It was only then that the foot of man was, for the first time, placed upon the highway of true life science, a highway that may and should end finally in as detailed an understanding of life and mind as now exists in connection with atoms and molecules. This new understanding, of course, might be abused, might serve as the source of a new horror. The scientific control of life could be bent to serve the purposes of a new tyranny. Then again, it might not. Properly used, it could end or, at the very least, control most of the ills flesh is heir to, both physical and mental. Further, it could place the deadly forces of nature in the hands of a species that understands itself and can control itself and can therefore be trusted with questions of life and death. Perhaps it is too late. Perhaps the insanity of man will drive us all to destruction before the new knowledge can reach the necessary level of excellence. But at least we can now make a race for it. And perhaps we need only hold out for a generation or two, for the speed of advance in modern science is astonishing. Consider, in 1820, a Danish physicist named Orsted noticed that a compass needle swung when brought near a wire through which an electric current was flowing. This accidental observation first knit together the phenomena of electricity and magnetism. It was a simple observation, and scarcely anyone could have foretold the consequences. As a result of the research, stemming from what Orsted had noted, electrical generators and motors were developed and the telegraph was invented, all within a quarter of a century. Within 60 years, the incandescent light was invented and the electrification of the world was begun. In 1883, Thomas Edison observed that if a metal plate was sealed in a light bulb near the heated filament, an electric current could be made to travel through the vacuum between the filament and the plate in one direction, but not in the other. Edison himself did not recognize the value of this breakthrough but others eventually did. The Edison effect was put to use in what are now called radio tubes and the science of electronics came into being. Within 40 years, radio had become a new force in human affairs. Within 60 years, television was replacing radio and electronics was being applied to the building of gigantic computers. In 1896, the French physicist Becquerel noted that a photographic film was fogged by the presence of a nearby uranium compound, even when the film was wrapped in black paper. Uranium was giving off penetrating but invisible rays, and that observation opened up to science a new world within the atom. Within a quarter of a century after Becquerel's discovery, atomic scientists were smashing atoms. Within another quarter of a century, they were smashing cities. Within 60 years, nuclear stations were supplying power for civilian needs and physicists were hot on the trial of man-made fusion power that may solve our energy needs for millions of years to come. In 1903, the Wright brothers flew the first heavier-than-1 
air flying machine. It was little more than a large kite with an outboard motor and it managed to hop a few feet through the air coming down again after a few seconds. In 60 years however, that first airplane has given rise to descendants in the form of tremendous jetliners capable of carrying over 100 passengers across oceans and continents at more than the speed of sound. In 1926, Goddard shot a rocket into the air, the first rocket ever to be powered by liquid fuel and liquid oxygen. It reached a height of 184 feet and a speed of 60 miles an hour. But the technique of rocketry advanced rapidly and within 35 years, rockets were developed that were capable of placing men into orbit about the Earth at distances of more than 100 miles and at the speed of 18,000 miles an hour. In another quarter century, it seems beyond doubt, man will reach the moon and establish scientific bases there. 60 years then seems to be the typical time interval from scientific break breakthrough to full flower. Since scientists studied in 1944 a substance which they call DNA and since this undoubtedly revolutionized the life sciences with full breakthrough force. I feel confident that if we survive the year 2004, we will see molecular biology introducing triumphs that can now barely be imagined. Many of us will survive to see that and if we reach 2004 in safety, man may then be, be knowledgeable enough to guarantee himself his own safety even against the possibility of self-destruction. This book is an attempt then to explain the background of the breakthrough, the full meaning of the breakthrough and its Im immediate consequences and finally a forecast of what the breakthrough may bring about in the future, what the world of 2004 may be as seen through my own wishful eyes. We come to the end of the introduction of the book The Genetic Code by Isaac Asimov. In the upcoming episodes, I will be reading this book chapter wise. So stay tuned and thanks for listening.